from Appalachian State University in Boone, North Carolina. This is Sound Effect. Here's your host, Megan Hayes. Bonnie Schaefer is the owner of the world-class Westglow Resort and Spa and former CEO and co-chair of the board of Claire's Stores, Inc., the leading international costume jewelry and accessories retailer for tweens, teens, and young adults. Schaefer began her career at Claire's Stores in 1987 as a sales associate. She worked in various roles with the firm and along with her sister Marla was eventually elected co-chair and co-CEO by the board of directors. Under the leadership of Bonnie and Marla Schaefer, the company's shareholder value increased by approximately 200%. A dedicated philanthropist and activist for women's rights, Bonnie Schaefer is actively involved with, among other organizations, the Women's Media Center, which works for greater visibility and power for women, Equality Now, which improves conditions for women and girls around the world, and the Ms. Foundation, which fights to eliminate barriers for all women. Bonnie Schaefer's philanthropy work is felt internationally, but since arriving in the high country of Western North Carolina, Bonnie Schaefer and her wife, Jamie, have made a significant impact on life for residents here as well. Through their support for the arts, their leadership in building Boone's first synagogue, and the economic impact of their luxury resort and spa. Schaefer attended the University of Miami and Skidmore College, studied in Italy, and in 2012 received her honorary doctorate from Appalachian State University. Bonnie Schaefer, or Dr. Bonnie, as we like to call you, welcome to Sound Effect. Thank you. Can you talk a little bit about your journey to becoming the CEO for Claire's? Well, I kind of stepped in and stepped out and stepped back in. It was a difficult time because working in a family business was hard. Working with family and for family and also the big company. Working with strangers who did not want the boss's daughter around. It was kind of a little bit of a minefield But I kept my eye on the prize, which was I wanted to learn every aspect of the business because I thought that one day I would run the company. I never expected it to happen, but it it did happen. And unfortunately, my father had a stroke, and, and that's when it happened. But from the time I started to the time that happened, I had the opportunity to work with various people in various departments and travel all around the country and all around the world. And so while you were learning all these different aspects of the business, you really did learn every aspect. I understand you started actually sitting on the floor in the stores. Yeah, bidding and sorting merchandise. Um, nothing was, was too tough. There really wasn't anything that I wouldn't have done because at that point I was desperate. I was desperate to do something worthwhile and also to um, get my father's approval and my sister and the, you know, not necessarily their approval, but their validation that, you know, I could do it and to validate myself because, you know, I needed to know for me. I bet there aren't that many CEOs who have done every aspect of the business the way you have. And I'm sure it gave you an understanding of the company in a way that probably no one else really at the entire company even had. You're probably right. Uh, My sister had a little bit of it. And the women who rose up through the ranks, for example, the women who is still a friend of mine, started out at a district manager level, moved up to regional, then territorial vice president, then senior vice president then executive vice president, and then president. And that was under my sister and I because uh, she could do it. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because during your tenure at Claire's, many of the senior management positions, which had previously been held by men, began to be filled by women. Can you talk about why that was important for you? 
It didn't matter really. I, of course, it mattered that, you know, women were visible. It didn't matter at the time whether it was women or it was men. It mattered who was best for the job. Working in the company, I noticed that the women worked harder, depending on which department. And, you know, they had the tougher jobs, especially in the field. When people left or, um, you know, moved to other departments or were promoted, anything, you know, with succession planning, and you look to see who's the best person, inevitably it was a woman. So how did the company change with more women involved in senior management? I think it was better because it was definitely more appropriate for women to be running a company geared to women and girls. Sure. Do you think there are more or fewer challenges for women who seek to become business leaders today? I think there are still a lot of challenges. Not as much as when I was growing up. I was a child of the 50s. It was unheard of for a young girl to want to grow up to be a CEO or anything besides a housewife and mother. And the messages I got from television and from my own mother were uh, get married, you know, have children and live a nice life. And I knew that there was more to life than that. So, you know, I found my own path and, you know, it took me into this roundabout discussion I had this morning. But uh, I think the challenges today are, A, they're still the same because equality is not really equal. Women still don't make as much as men. I didn't even make as much as my male counterparts working at Claire's. Wow. Yeah. And some of the responses from the board that I had were, well, your family has a lot of equity in the company. Wow. That's stunning. That's a stunning response mm-hmm. to get back. Um, let's talk a little bit about what you're doing now or how you got here, I guess. So what made you decide that you wanted to own and run a luxury spa resort in the mountains of North Carolina? Oh, well, for one thing, Jamie and I, Jamie's my wife. We loved going to spas and traveling. We also loved North Carolina, the mountains, the Blue Ridge Mountains, and we decided to summer here, and I would commute to work. And then eventually, we decided to get a home here. Uh, we belonged to Westglow Spa, and we told the original owner, who, by the way, just passed away last August, which was a terrible loss for us. We were very close to her. We told her if she ever wanted to sell, we would be interested in buying we never thought it would happen, and uh, one day she called up, and I was in New York, and I there was a lot going on, and she said, y'all, I'm ready to sell, because that's how she talked, and I said, oh, uh, I just can't even think straight. I'm working. There's too much going on, so we declined, and then we came up in the summer, and it was under contract, and we were, Jamie and I were miserable, <laughs> just miserable, and we really wanted uh that spa. So we thought, you know what, if it comes back to us, it's meant to be. And sure enough, you know, the deal fell through and it came back and, uh, and we bought it. Now I was working. So I said, okay, Jamie, you know, be careful what you ask for, you know, you got to do everything. So she assembled a team 
and renovated and made the place, you know, really upgraded the, the face of the place tremendously. I mean, the innards and outards within a span of nine months. I mean, I can't see anybody doing that. You know, that was amazing. She worked every day at it. And I didn't really see it happening until I walked in and it was finished. So how is being an entrepreneur at a small business different from being the CEO of a major corporation like Claire's? Well, Jamie runs the day-to-day business, but I'm the big picture. It's different. There's less, a lot less employees. There's a lot more micromanaging, more on the part of Jamie than myself. I pick and choose what I want to do, you know. Like, for example, you know, I, I get all the produce for the restaurant because I want to support our local farmers. I think it's important. It's really just for Jamie and I, it's a labor of love because it's not a public company. And it's, you know, Claire's gave people pleasures, you know, little little girls pleasure, you know, by going in and getting little trinkets. But we're able to give people an experience a spa experience, hikes and classes and massages and facials and you name it, we have it, everything right there. And we have a fabulous restaurant and we have great lodging. So, you know, it's it's nice to be able to know that people come in and they feel good when they leave. We call it the glow. They got the West glow. <laughs> So you talked a little bit about supporting local farmers and some of the other ways. I mean, there's so many ways that, that you support, you know, our community here. Can you talk about why it's important, not only for you, but just in general, why is it important for people to give back to their communities? Oh, my God. Uh, I think if you have the means, the resources, it's incumbent upon you as a person, a human being, to give back. This community is so small. There's so many in need. I mean, look at the Health and Hunger Coalition, Hospitality House, and and there are so many people who are poor and starving in our own community. There's domestic abuse right under our nose here in Boone. A friend of mine did a movie about it called Private Violence. And it's rewarding to me to give back. Not everybody feels like that. It was a value that's been instilled in me from childhood. I enjoy giving back. You know, I wanted to just switch gears a little bit um, because I watched the um, Maker's videos and I wanted to talk with you about this perception of feminism. You know, one of the things I've always found interesting is how people have such a strong reaction to the word feminist. I'm wondering why you think that is. I think because they're afraid. You know, it wasn't too long ago. People like Gloria Steinem and Bella Asbug burst on the scene and told women, yes, they can and they should. And some women who come from the backgrounds that women should be kind of like children seen and not heard, or especially men, don't like the idea of feminist. I'm sure they have some, you know, three-headed monster in their head. There's a misperception that feminism is all about radical women wanting to emasculate men. That's not true at all. It's just about standing up for what we believe in and what we rightfully should have. So um, about once a year, there's a group of young women on our campus, and they set up this tent out on the mall. 
And um, they ask members of our university community to um, think about why they're feminists. And so they pass out markers and they give you a sign to fill in that says, I'm a feminist because, and then people fill in the blank. So Bonnie Schaefer, can you fill in the blank on that question? I'm a feminist because. I'm, well, there's a lot of reasons. I can't come up with just one. Oh, give us plenty. Oh, well, I'm a feminist because I've had enough of being repressed and, um, put down by men, including my ex-husband. Um, I have had situations in my life that I'm not going to talk about, but it, they've been, again, oppressive. I'm a feminist because I believe that I have every right to have what any man has. And more. How's that? That's great. <laughs> Thanks. Um so my last question for you is, and you touched on this a little bit this morning too, but who are your idols? Oh, well, I have to say Gloria Steinem, as you know, she, I adore her. My father, Roland Schaefer, my sister, I do adore her, my sister Marla Schaefer, and my wife, Jamie Schaefer. I adore her. She inspires me. Is there one thing that the four of them have in common that um, means something mm. special to you? Yeah, they're all strong women except my father, who is a man. But they all have strength, and they all have a very soft, wonderful, loving side. Well, I have to say, um, from what I know about you, I think you fit that description as well. So. Well, thank you. <laughs> Well, Bonnie Schaefer, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and ideas with us, not only here in the podcast studio today, but also um, as part of this CEO lecture series um, that's held here on our campus. You know, not only were you able to give us some personal insight to you and the impact you've had in the community, but I think you were very inspirational for our students here this morning. So we appreciate your time and look forward to sharing your vision and your voice. Thank you, Megan. Thank you. Today's show was written and produced by Troy Tuttle, Dave Blanks, and me, Megan Hayes. Our sound engineer is Dave Blanks. Our web team is Pete Montaldi and Alex Waterworth. Our theme song was written and performed by Derek Wyckoff of Naked Gods. Our podcast studio is dedicated to Greg Cuddy. Special thanks to Stephen Dubner for the inspiration, advice, and moral support. Sound Effect is a production of the University Communications Team at Appalachian State University in Boone, North Carolina. Thanks for listening. For Sound Effect, I'm Megan Hayes. Thank you.